0: Acts 21 is where we'll be looking. Um, Acts 21 and 22. We're not going to read these chapters, but I'm going to be referring to them. To what we're going to be talking about is, I've just titled this, Study Preparation for Witnessing. And it's not so much a nuts and bolts how to witness. It's just a few things that we see in these two chapters uh, in the life of the Apostle Paul that give us some ideas, things to to help us, I think, when we, when we go to witness um, for the Lord. So let's begin with prayer. Father, thank you for allowing us to be in your house again this evening. We thank you, Lord, for the scriptures that we can, we can look to. They are our sole source of information that we need for the matters of faith and practice, and we're thankful for that. We thank you that you preserved the scriptures for us down through the ages. We thank you, Lord, that it is your word, that it's been established forever. It will never change, and we can, we can uh, rely on that day after day, and we're thankful for it. We thank you for each person who's made their way out this evening. We thank you, Lord, for uh, a desire to be in your house. We ask that you would uh, speak to us tonight. May the Holy Spirit move among us and teach us the things that we need to see in the Scriptures. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: So as believers, we know that we're
0: called to witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Mark chapter uh, 16, you don't have to turn here, uh, Mark 16 and verse 15, it gives us a very succinct Instructions, and we all know this verse. If we don't even rem- if we don't remember the the reference, we know the verse. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It's very, very clear instructions, isn't it? And by creature, obviously, he's referring to people. It's not go preach to every dog and cat and frog and squirrel that you find. But we're supposed to go out and preach or teach the word of God. In this verse, in Mark sixteen fifteen, it came. The very next verse, verse 16 of Mark 16, it gives us two promises from the Lord when we do this. One is, any who believe will be saved. Anyone who believes that witness will be saved. Anyone who rejects that message will be, as Mark sixteen sixteen says, they will be damned. Now, in our language, we would say they will be condemned throughout all eternity. Those are harsh words, aren't they? But though they were, those are harsh words. They were spoken by the one person who had the right to make that judgment, the Lord Jesus Himself. The Son of Almighty God has the authority to say, anyone who believes this message will be saved. Anyone who rejects it will not be saved. They will be condemned. And so witnessing is very important to us. It's very important to the Lord. He left us here for that reason. He gave us that, those instructions. A man by the name of Alfred Gibbs, he was a pastor from a... Another generation, he he, uh, ministered probably a, a century ago. He said this, A witness is one who testifies to what he's seen. We know that. He says what he's heard and what he knows to be the facts of the case. God wants people to know what his son has done. Consequently, he subpoenaed all his people as witnesses to the facts. We have all been subpoenaed in the court of heaven to give uh, witness, to be witnesses to what we know about the Lord Jesus Christ. So tonight, I wanted to just just take a a look at uh, just a few things that maybe can help us in our witness. I would suggest that you go, uh, uh, I won't take the time to read it here, but Acts 20, 21, 22, all of that, read. And so you get the full picture. I'll be telling you some of what's in those chapters Tonight, but I, I would suggest that you read those for yourself. But these chapters provide us, I think, with four guidelines that will help us uh, in trying to witness to other people. Now, the context is uh, the Apostle Paul had been on the, one of his his most recent missionary journey, and he was um, decided to make his way to Jerusalem, and he was going to report to the uh, leaders of the church in Jerusalem of what was going on. He wanted them to be aware of that. Uh, churches were being uh, formed uh, Gentiles were being saved because of his preaching he wanted uh, Jews were also being saved and he wanted them to just have an, an update on what was going on in that mission journey and which is we still do that today don't we well missionaries still come back and they report to their sending churches and so uh, Paul wanted to go back and, and teach them or tell them what was going on when he got there uh, some Jews from, I believe it was Asia Minor, saw him. They, they recognized him. Apparently they had made a trip to Jerusalem at the same time. And they realized that he had uh, a Gentile person or persons with him. Uh, Paul uh, later was in the temple and he was going through a cleansing ritual with some Jewish people. These uh, Jews from Asia Minor saw him in the temple with people they didn't recognize and so they immediately jumped to the conclusion that he had brought those Gentiles into the temple with him. It wasn't Gentiles that he brought into the temple with him, it was Jewish people. But they, they jumped to this conclusion and so they started, they raised a ruckus, we'll just say it that way. And they, said that they began to say this man, uh, he, he's, he's gone all around the world teaching people not to obey the law of God, he's teaching them, there's this new teaching and now he's brought Gentiles into the temple to defile the temple. And so there was, there was quite a ruckus over this. Uh, it was, there was a mob mentality. He was in danger at this point of being lynched. They wanted him dead. And so the, um, someone uh, sent a signal to the Roman guard who was nearby and were told that a chief captain came. The, the Greek term is kiliarch. He, he was a Roman officer who was uh, um, in authority over a thousand men. And so he brought a, a cohort with him and they, they placed Paul under arrest and this, um, this Roman officer thought, mistakenly, that Paul was an Egyptian who had recently tried to stir up some kind of an insurrection. So this thing just went on and on. We were talking about last week, I believe, how rumors get started, right? Well, they started this thing, and uh, these, these Jews accusing Paul, and then it just ballooned. And so the Romans think that he's, he's guilty of insurrection. They've got him under custody, and that's where we start. Uh, Paul is now in custody. He's about to be taken into the Tower of Antonia. He is um, going up the stairs leading into that, and he stops at this point, and he asks a question of the Roman, and that's where we're going to start. We're going to be looking at four things that we can see from Paul's uh, witnessing that we can learn from. First, that we're going to see is if you want to uh, witness to someone, it's always a good idea to be courteous to them. Uh, Acts 21. You're there, I believe. Verse 39. We read, But Paul said, I'm a man which am a Jew of Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, a citizen of no mean city, and I beseech thee, suffer me to speak unto the people. This is right after the uh, the Roman officer uh, asked him, you can speak Greek? Because Paul spoke to him in Greek. He said, aren't you that Egyptian that was trying to start an insurrection? He said, no, 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 no. He says, I'm a I'm a Jew. I'm from Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, and he. And then at that point, he said, "I would really like to speak to these people, if you." He beseeched him. He. It's as though he's saying, "Please, sir, would you would you let me speak to these folks? I want to. I want to defend myself. Essentially, I want to tell them why I'm here." He asked permission. That's the takeaway for us. He if if. Um, uh, if you want to witness to someone, it's always a good idea to ask their permission, to see if they're willing to listen. Because we don't, uh, we have the Great Commission to go and, and preach, to go and share a witness or a testimony with people. But we don't have a, a, a mandate from Scripture to run roughshod over people, to just interfere with their lives and just jump in with both feet. It's always a good idea to be courteous and say, "Do you?" And it could go something like this: "Do you, do you mind if I share um, what the Lord's done for me?" Do you mind if we talk about the Lord for a minute? And and you can start the conversation that way. So Paul asked permission. So he was courteous. A second thing that we see from Paul is it's important to identify with your audience if you're trying to share the gospel. Identify with them. Look at uh, Acts 22, verse 3. Paul, at this point, um, when he uh, the, the Roman officer gave him permission to speak to them, and we're told here that... He kind of motioned with his hand a little bit in some way or another. And he got the, and, and what's amazing, this mob that wanted him dead just a few minutes ago, Paul did something, he gestured in some way that they just, they got quiet. Just silence. And he was able to speak to them. In Acts 22.3 he says, I am verily a man, which am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city of, in Cilicia, yet brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous toward God as ye all are this day. He said, I'm as, just as zealous toward God as you are. He's, what's he doing? He's identifying with his audience. He's, he's saying he focused on the common heritage that he had with these people. So I'm a Jew just like you are. Yeah, I was born in Tarsus. That's, that's a ways off. But I was raised here in Jerusalem just like you were. I was raised at the feet of Gamaliel, that great, well-respected, renowned teacher of the law of God, and so he's 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 making he's identifying with them, raising some common ground. Uh, surely the idea would be surely someone taught by a Gamaliel would never be trying to to abuse the law or teaching people not to follow the law. I would never do that, and surely I would never try to defile the temple. The temple is it, this is a place of worship. This is a, the the house of prayer, the house of worship. I would never do that. So he's identifying with them. I'm just as zealous about the things of God as you are. So it's all the takeaway is, if you're going to try to witness to somebody, try to establish a common ground with them, if you can, in conversation. If you want to witness to somebody, don't just jump right in with, well, here, let me show, I'm going to share the gospel with you. Talk to them a little bit. Get to know them a little better. Because as you do that, you might find you've got some common ground. Warning, though, don't try to fake it. If if you're trying to witness to someone, the last thing you want to come across as being is disingenuous. You want them to know that you genuinely care about them. You want to have a conversation with them. It's not something we're trying to fake. And as you talk to them, you may find you've got some things in common. You may find that uh, if it's someone in your neighborhood, that that you you both grew up in the same neighborhood. Maybe you went to the same school. Uh, Maybe you've got uh, some uh, common education. You went to the same school or you were trained the same way. Maybe you worked for the same company or a similar company. You did things that were similar. It could be a a commonality over sports. If you find out that someone that you're talking to is the same age as you are, you might say, what school did you go to? When did you graduate? Did you play football? I played football. I bet we were on the same field playing against each other at some point. You You can establish these commonalities. It could be something like you find out that uh, the person you're talking to likes Italian food just as much as you do. You might find out, that, that now Robin would say this is probably not the case, you might find out that that person likes fried chitlins on a hot homemade biscuit just as much as you do. You never know. But you can find these commonalities with people. And so that, that's our takeaway. Try to establish a common ground. Get to know the person that you're witnessing to. So we want to be courteous. We want to identify with who we're talking to. A third thing, and this what's very important. We see this in Paul's uh, working. We need to realize our authority for sharing our witness. Acts 22, let's look at verse 21. Paul's talking to them. He goes through in in much of chapter 22. He's telling them about his history and how he met the Lord and all of this. When he gets to verse 21, he tells them, he's just told them that when he was praying in the temple, he had a vision. And he says, in that vision, in verse 21... He's talking about the Lord Jesus, and he said unto me, depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. Paul's testimony was at this point, the resurrected Jesus, the one that these people rejected as the Messiah, these people in Jerusalem, that resurrected Jesus had spoken to him and said, I'm going to send you with full authority to go and preach the gospel, the gospel of repentance, the gospel of accountability to the Gentiles. And so our takeaway is we need to recognize we have that same authority that Paul did. He said, I've got the authority. I'm preaching, I'm teaching, I'm going to witness to to be a missionary under the authority of Jesus, the resurrected Lord, the Son of the living God. We have that same authority. We saw it, Mark 16, 15, go ye into all the world. So we have that same authority. So we've got, uh, when we want to think about witnessing, we need to be courteous. We need to try to identify with our audience. We need to realize our authority and there's a, there's a fourth thing, and this one gets a little bit darker. This one is the one that that we don't like to think about so much. We've got to be ready to face pushback if we're witnessing for the Lord, possibly even persecution. I'm going to start reading in uh, chapter 22, and we'll read several verses, starting in verse 22. Now, Paul has just told these people that the, the risen Lord told them he's going to send him unto the Gentiles to preach to them. Verse 22 says, and they gave him audience unto this, unto this word. Up to this point, they're listening to him quietly. And then lifted up their voices and said, away with such a fellow from the earth, for it is not fit that he should live. And as they cried out and cast off their clothes and threw dust into the air, the chief captain commanded him to be brought into the castle and bade that he should be examined by scourging that he might know whereof they cried so against him. After hearing Paul say that he had been sent by the resurrected Jesus Christ, these people, they lost it. I, I, don't, I don't like to throw away, throw around big theological terms, but I'm going to, I'm going to use a big one now to get ready for this. When Paul said that Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, is the one that sent me with his authority, these people went absolutely berserk. There it is. There's your theological term. They completely lost it. These people, look at what it says. They cried out, cast off their clothes, threw dust into the air. What the picture I get here is, sometimes you'll see it in a, on a, in a movie or TV. You may have seen it at the zoo if you go and, and the chimpanzees will get all upset and they'll start throwing dust in the air and they're hopping around. and doing. It. That's the picture I have of these people. They completely lost it. At this point they'd gone right back to that lynch mob mentality and they wanted to kill this man. If it hadn't been for the the uh, Roman guard protecting him, they'd have ripped him to pieces at this point. And so the Roman officer kept him in custody for his own safety until they could figure out what in the world is it has got these people so upset. Well, the Romans never were really going to understand that, were they? Because they they didn't understand that religion, the Jewish or the Christian religion. But the takeaway for us is that we've got to realize, we've got to recognize, that uh, the world we live in will tolerate almost anything. You can see that when you look around, but they will not tolerate the testimony that Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God, is alive and that he is uh, that we are all accountable to him. That's what Paul was saying. I have been sent with a message, that Jesus is alive, you thought you crucified him, you thought you got rid of him, but he's alive, and we are all accountable to him, and I've been sent with a message to preach that to the Gentiles because Jewish people have largely rejected it. They would not tolerate that. So we have every reason to expect some level of pushback if we try to, to, to witness to people. In many cases, some people will accept it. They will accept it very well. Other people are going to push back, and some people may even persecute us. Some people may try to actually mean us harm if we do that. Now, I'm not saying this because to, to get you to be afraid to share your testimony. It's not that at all. It's just be ready for it when it comes. No matter how bad something is, you can handle it a little better if you're ready for it, aren't you? Just think. You know, some, I, I have that, that engineering background and that troubleshooting background that my mentality when I look at things a lot of times is, what's the worst that can happen, and let's get ready for that. And then you're not as surprised when the bad stuff hits the fan, so to speak. Uh, So we've got to be ready for it, but we also have to remember this. I'm going to read these words from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, verses 11 and 12. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Blessed are you. Oh, how happy you should be if they do that for the sake of the Lord. And then he says, "Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets that were before you." We need to be ready. Yes, people may push back, but we do it. We're going under the authority of the Lord, and he says you'll be blessed for it if you tolerate it. If they if they persecute you, if they say things against you, evil things falsely, just rejoice in it, because you'll be rewarded greedily for it. So, the four things I think that we can see here from. Uh, Paul's actions. If we're going to witness, we need to be courteous. Certainly, we need to identify with our audience. We need to realize that we go under the authority of the Lord, and then we just need to be ready. We may see some pushback or some persecution as we uh, as we go through that witnessing. So it's been short tonight, and uh, we will uh, we will finish with.